It's the Dr. Rick Podcast, where internationally renowned orthopedist Dr. Richard Lehman cuts through the clutter and brings you unbiased, real science, and unfiltered information to guide your family. Hello again, everybody. I'm Bob Ramsey, alongside with Dr. Rick Lehman. Rick, good to see you again. It's good to see you, Bob. It's fall sports time for high school kids. Um, And as this airs, we're knee-deep into it, and fall (laughs) seasons are about ready to start. So let's let's jump into things that families need to be aware of and right away. We start with football because that is extreme, and it's outdoors, and it's in the heat, and start right away with two-a-day practices. And thank goodness over the last, what, decade, 15 years or more, um, uh, I really feel like, High school uh, protocols and coaches are really trying to do a better job than kind of literally beating up and in some uh, horrific cases, you know, killing kids and and to where it's such extreme situation. But the point is, they got to push these kids to get ready. No question. And you got to you got to look at the environment today. The environment is there's going to be 103 days in the Midwest, over 100 degrees. So so you think about that, 103 days over 100 degrees in certain cities. Number two, the the climate is the hottest it's ever been. So back in the day when we had two-a-days and they were midday, they were terrible. And the rule was you didn't drink water because that showed weakness, et cetera. I agree with you. Coaches have gotten better. But think about this for your kids. Number one, you got to be proactive. And we're going to tell you how to be proactive, meaning you have to hydrate the night before, you have to have electrolyte replacement. You got to be smart. Number two, you don't want to be outside in the heat of the day. And whether that's two a day football practices or mowing your your yard, you don't want to be outside when it's 100 degrees. You shouldn't be in pads at 100 degrees, and you shouldn't be outside at 100 degrees. So let's get into some of the basics. And we talk about you. You mentioned the heat. What what about a kid who's trying to do all those things? And it's going to happen. And not just with football, with all the fall sports, work out as hard as you want. But for most people, much less kids, you're not going to be push yourself as hard as when that coach is on you. So what about soreness and dealing with that? Hydration obviously is key. How do you help your kid get through that initial soreness wall? You know, it's a good question. So I think the first thing, Parents have to think about, first of all, you have to invest some time in your, in your athlete. And you just can't leave it to them to get unsore, to train, to hydrate, to get electrolytes, to eat right, to do the right supplements, etc. So what do you have to do? Number one, you know they're going to be sore. And you definitely want to make sure when they come home after practice, they stretch two, three minutes, five minutes of stretching. They ice. And they need to ice all the areas that are sore. They need to hydrate. And probably... Maybe take a little anti-inflammatory. And what I tell the kids that are prone to soreness, which are most of them, take 200 milligrams ibuprofen before practice, Oh, you know, to prevent the soreness in the beginning. And then an hour after practice, take 200 milligrams ibuprofen. So you're going to take two a day for that getting ready for football. Now, once the football season starts, we know practices trail off a little bit, and then you probably only need it for the game. But that's a sports medicine pearl. It's what we do for our pro athletes. It's what we do for our Olympic kids. And it's just one Advil or one ibuprofen before and after, and that's going to make a huge difference. The stretching afterwards is key, and the icing afterwards is key. Now, one of the things I see, and I I do like that many kids, and I know coaches, although sometimes – 
I know high school coaches don't feel necessarily they have the time to be able to dedicate to teaching the importance of diet. Obviously, the modern diet is an ongoing battle with American society, right? But when you're getting into this extreme training and pushing your body, it's even more so. Is that correct? No question. And, and I think diet is something, as Americans, we've done poorly as a country, and we've done poorly for our athletes. And what should you eat? You have to go to a high-protein diet. And this is just logic. You have to eat more vegetables, and you have to eat more fruits. You have to stay away from refined carbs, and you can't eat late. Can't eat late. That's really important. Even with athletes. Even with athletes. So your last meal has to be huh. 5 or 6 o'clock. And if you want to eat something late, it has to be egg whites or a high-protein meal, which is okay. But what you can't do is you can't sit home, watch a movie, and eat Doritos all night. And a pint of ice cream. And, and no pint of ice cream. Don't pick on me. But I'm not a high school <laughs> kid, so that doesn't matter. Well, that's really interesting because, you know, uh, a lot of young men in particular, freshmen, uh, eighth graders, freshmen, sophomores, you know, their body's still growing. They haven't filled out. They're thin, and they're told calories, calories, calories. But even in that situation, not late. Absolutely. And, and the calories are right. You got, you, got to, you got to eat your groceries. You just can't fill them up with empty calories. So if you're going to yeah. eat 3,500 calories or 4,500 calories, it just can't be a bag of Oreos. It has to be high-protein, um, complex carbs, fruits. Fruits are high in calories. If you eat a lot of fruit, you yeah. know, they're high. There's a lot of sugar content, which is great. Complex carbs, cereals, great. Wheat, bread are great. You just don't want to eat things that are just empty carbs. So, and let's talk about the fitness training that goes along with this. Um, more and more kids, I wish it were more, but <laughs> starting to do um, outside of practice the fitness to support it. When I think of football, I think of, of weightlifting and jumping into that. Um, talk about the, I don't know if caution is the right word, but being sensible and helping as a parent, helping guide your kid into doing that extra training to prepare them for their fall sport. So I think there's two things you have to think about. One, first of all, I think everybody should resistance train. And, that, and, and when I say everybody, everybody, adults, kids, across the board. I think everyone should resistance train. That doesn't mean going in there and trying to lift the most weight you can lift, but high reps, low weight, and you have to think that in conjunction with football practice, right? So you're not trying to pile on, but you should have some ancillary weight training in your regimen, and you can call our office, you can go online, but you want to have a program that hits all the major muscle groups. So weight training is very important. The other thing you need or I think every athlete needs a speed and agility training because speed is sports. What, what yeah. makes a great athlete? It's speed. It's strength and speed. All the rest of it, you, you know, doesn't make any difference. It's how strong you are. It's how fast you are. Speed and, and strength equals power. And that's yeah. power. Yeah, and so um, as kids do this and, move, and moving forward, um, I have a high schooler who in the last six months has really gotten into weight training. It's really exciting to see and see the results. However, I am fearful. I try to pay attention. I think I speak for a lot of parents when you see uh, talking about supplements and dietary supplements, all the different ways to add protein, you know, to shakes and all those kinds of things and other things that maybe are a little more <laughs> scary when you talk about supplements. You know, and look, we know about 
the teenage ego or lack of it and trying to um, keep up with peers and that sort of thing. Some boys, they already look like grown men. And then you got the other kids who want to and in many cases will do whatever it takes, even if it's not good for them. Talk about what they should be doing and how we as parents can look out for those warning signs and offer guidance. Well, I don't think there's anything more important than what we're about to talk about. So everybody needs to listen to this. Number one, how how do you know if your kid's on steroids? Let's 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 cut to the right. chase, right? And the first thing you have to look at is mood change. If your son or daughter gains 20 pounds of muscle in a month, that's not natural, and they're doing something. But what you're going to see is you're going to see a few things. You're going to do a little worse in school. They're going to have mood changes. They're going to want to be more alone, less social. And you're going to see obvious changes in their body habitus. So what are the good things? The good things are high-protein shakes, and, and there are a million of them out there. You want to look at the contents and make sure that they're, they don't have a lot of bad stuff. But having a shake after a workout that's 1,000 calories is, is great. That's perfect. Having an anabolic steroid after your workup, that, that's not so good. So you want to make sure that they have the availability to have the things they need, the nutrients they need. And, again, you can go to any store, GNC, any store, and look at the content, spend a minute or two, go online, see what the best protein supplements are. And, again, if you have a question, you can call us at the U.S. Center for Sports Medicine, and we'll go through it with you. But get them the right things. But beware, and again, online, you're going to see the things we talked about, mood changes, change in body habitus, maybe you're starting to see some pimples in your young athlete, and definitely keeping to themselves and a diminishment in their grades. And that's the first thing you're going to see. Maybe the teacher's going to see call you, but you're going to see all of a sudden your A student getting B's and C's, and you're going to wonder what's going on. And those things are very, very prevalent. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole and take away from the, the – the critical warning point you made, but what's, what's the, what's the chemistry? What's the equation? Why steroids can hurt uh, a kid's academic progress? Well, you know, steroids make you aggressive. Number one, um, they change your socialization a little bit. You get mood changes and they just seem to socialize a little bit. And it's not really all that different from other drugs. Mm -hmm. So when you start losing your focus, you're not studying as well. You have a little bit of anger. You're a little aggressive. One of the things we see as, as sports doctors is, you know, parents will come in and say, I really don't get it. But all of a sudden, you know, he's just not doing as well in school. And it's an early sign, but it's something you have to watch out for. If your kids all of a sudden changed a pattern, they're straight A students for two years, and all of a sudden they're getting Bs, the something's changed. Now you have to figure out what that something is. Yeah. So the other thing to talk about, I think, here is is some of the specific products. Um, and so when you look at something like creatine, um, is that generally okay for a, a teenager to take? Do you recommend for it, against it? I know hydration be, can, can become an issue with a substance like creatine. Take me through some of those things that kids could be adding to their diet, good and bad. Well, I think creatine is a positive, and I think you have to cycle through it. You have to make sure they don't get abdominal pain. you got to make sure they don't get cramping. Those are the side effects. And as you said, and it's really important, you have to hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate, because you tend to get a little bit dehydrated with creatine. Creatine will build muscle mass. You don't want pre the, – the things that you see at the store that say these are going to boost your androgen or going to boost your testosterone, you got to stay away from those that group mm -hmm. of supplements. And you want to for sure stay away from anything – 
that someone's getting at the gym that they tell you to get online that might be an anabolic steroid. And a lot of things that are anabolic don't look like they're anabolic. So weight huh. gain, uh, muscle gain, etc. you have to really read the ingredients. But you're better off asking somebody, your primary care doctor, your sports doctor, go online and just don't get something on the Internet or at the gym and you don't really know what it is. One more topic here. And um, for, for parents and kids, because of the pressure to succeed and to be a part of a team, um, understanding your body for the kid and listening to your body and telling people, you know, you're, sometimes kids are afraid to go to a coach because the coach, whether it's cross country or softball or what, what have you, you know, uh, they're afraid to say, I'm hurt, I'm injured. And for parents, I know, and I deserve all the letters I'll get from saying this, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if you remember, my daughter was playing basketball, tweaked her knee, and I go, well, let's just ice it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I was that dad. Turns out she played with torn cartilage for a month until you came in and fixed it. Uh, I'll never forgive myself for not listening to her as she was listening to her body. So what can you tell parents about kids and those warning signs well first of all every parent's going to do that because i did that and you did that and everyone does that and you don't really know what's okay and what's not okay so every parent who's out there feeling a little guilty don't we all we've all done it number two i'm an orthopedic surgeon i've done it (laughs) number two i think you have to talk to your kids so the the, your athlete doesn't want to go to the coach because that's going to be a sign of weakness and in football you know Everyone knows about football. The coach might be a little tough, et cetera, and he's, he's going to look harshly upon you. But you made a comment which is so important. It's every sport. It's softball. You're the coach, and someone says, well, my knee's a little sore. And the first thing you think is, oh, wow, they're pulling the chute, you know, the parachute. Yeah. They don't want to play, yeah. which, which is how the coach is going to think. And, again, that's how the parents are going to think. So I think it's important to listen to your kids. And, and I go by the two- or three-week rule. If they're sore, they're going to be sore. If they have a little bit of discomfort, they're going to have discomfort. If they go two weeks to three weeks and that injury or that soreness or that stiffness doesn't go away, then you want to call your primary doctor, primary care doctor and you want to say, hey, would you mind taking a look? Give me your thoughts. And if they feel you need to see a sports orthopedic surgeon, they're going to refer you there. But they'll have a pretty good idea what's a real problem, what's not a problem. And then it's no longer in your hands because that's what you want to do. You want to go up the food chain a little bit and take that problem to somebody who's got a little bit more knowledge. Because as parents, you know, someone like talking about my HVAC system, I don't know anything about it. I got to ask someone who's an expert. And as parents that don't really know these medical issues, you know, after two, three weeks, that's time to get a little bit more specific. So our two takeaways, listen to your child and look for warning signs. Absolutely. And pay attention and talk to them. I think the biggest thing we don't do is we don't talk to our kids. That's Dr. Rick Lehman. His book is How to Raise an Athlete, The Formula. Rick Lehman, thank you very much. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Rick Podcast. Bob, thank you. From our roots in St. Louis, Royal Banks of Missouri is branching out to continue serving you with our locations in St. Charles, Jerseyville, Granite City, and now in Hannibal, Center, and New London. Royal Banks of Missouri, the community bank in your community.